Cook to his left. Third and goal from the four. Kirk takes the snap. Looks right. Fade left. End zone. And it is caught. Touchdown! Amazing decision by Kirk Cousins. He saw the all-out blitz. He knew he had Rudolph one-on-one with the corner. Rudy! And just threw the jump ball. Oh, what a beautiful throw. Bonjour, San Francisco, and au revoir, New Orleans Saints. Warm and fuzzy memories the last time the Vikings went to New Orleans. We knew they'd be going there at some point in 2020, a return visit after knocking out Drew Brees and company in the Superdome. And we thought we'd have to wait tonight to find out when that would be, but no, this is the NFL. Reporters have intel, and uh, so... It feels like Christmas Day. To me, the draft isn't Christmas Day for the NFL season. It's schedule day. And the NFL liked the draft. That went so well. How about three hours of just rolling out schedules tonight? And time to open up the presents. But every now and then, eh, some reporters will just find a way to crack open and open the corner. One of those ones way behind the tree. And this one that we got today was Vikings, Saints, Christmas Day. I like it. Uh, so Christmas Eve on Bourbon Street for Vikings fans. Book your flights now if you feel safe flying or would then. It's Craig and John, Fox Sports 981, AM1230, KWSN.com. Uh, we have some other revelations we're pretty sure about for the first month of the Vikings season, if that gets played on time. Uh, and more to get to with Matthew Collar, one of the best, not just covering the Vikings, but in the NFL in one moment. Craig Maddock is not here today. He's back tomorrow. Chris Johnson, the head men's basketball coach at the University of Sioux Falls for 10 years? 12. 12. I'm sorry. I should know that. I was there that day. I was there for the press conference. <laughs> this is true. Yes. And uh, how do you think the first hour went of your first hour of uh, guest hosting Sports Talk Radio? Well, you know, um, I'm not getting killed on Twitter yet. And uh, we've drawn in a couple of fans from Indianapolis and Des Moines, and so we'll, we'll call it we'll call it a win so far. Sweet, sweet. We're big. We were. You, you know, we were already big in Indianapolis and Des Moines. Uh, for Huge. sure. I mean, that's just a given. <laughs> yeah, uh, he is a Twin Cities native. Um, you want to tease, by the way, maybe toward the end of the hour, you've rubbed shoulders with some some big hitters in the Twin Cities growing up in. Bloomington. Bloomington. Yeah. yeah, my my best friend's dad wrote for the Star Tribune okay. uh, for golf and the gophers and some stuff what was his name again uh john Rowe. okay and so i i, I got to got to do some fun things with roycey and sid and some of those ah, fun, some of those man. guys roycey and sid at the same time yeah, yeah. i mean oh, i wow. don't know that i would say i was in that group i was in sixth or seventh grade i okay. tagged along okay. i don't think they wanted me there if wow. we're going to be brutally honest You're just seeing sid and roycey when they're on tv together and and, oh, yeah. and how roycey loves to needle sid uh, on the golf course i can't imagine so all right, and uh, and that's not the only two. So we'll get uh, some name dropping from Chris Johnson a little bit later in the hour. Uh, joining us on the Tires, Tires, Tires fan line, uh, he is already up and running with a new website where he has taken his talents, and uh, he already was for the past several years for Score North, which is one of the tireless, most relentless uh, Vikings beat writers out there, and also had the Daily Sports Talk Show. 
in the Twin Cities called Purple Daily, and that is going to be a thing on the podcast. On uh, yeah, podcast ready soon. Matthew Collar joining us here, a friend of Sports Talk with Craig and John. So great to have you back, and uh, glad to see you're already rolling and writing and just continuing the. It's uh, Phil Mackey from from Score North, your old colleague, likes to say, put a quarter in him, and it looks like they, they they just keep putting quarters in you, and you just keep writing Viking stuff like nothing ever happened. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm definitely not the first person to be uh, impacted by, you know, the coronavirus pandemic. And uh, there are certainly many, many other people who have tougher situations than me. So I thought, you know, after uh, our station, because of the loss of ad revenue, had to cut my show, I thought, well, let's get right back to it. So I decided basically right over the weekend after uh, being let go on Friday to start Purple Insider, and like you said, just take all the Vikings coverage that I've done at Score North and put it all there uh, so people can go to purpleinsider.com and they'll see a link there to subscribe to the newsletter and the website. And then uh, very soon we'll be launching a new version of the show that is going to be called Purple Insider Podcast, and uh, ESPN's Courtney Cronin will be along with me too. So you know what? It's, uh, It's a really tough time for just about everybody, but I've been... You know, lucky enough to build up a little bit of a following by just covering the Vikings and very lucky to have people go to the website and subscribe and things like that. So, uh, you know, I, even though it's a tough break, I, I feel really good about where we're going. You hopped right back on the horse, and uh, good for you. And you, know, you had accrued so much, I think, credibility and a readership that you could just do that and uh, not worry about it. And he's on Twitter, at Matthew Collar, C-O-L-L-E-R. Uh, but, I mean, unemployment's never been higher. I mean, there's never been more people out of work, at least in our lives, than this. So what advice would you have for for some people, even though it's been a very quick stint for you, um, if and when it might happen or if it just happened? Yeah, well, for, I mean, from my angle, I was just lucky enough to have another way that I could go. You know, and, and basically, you know, got a phone call from the Vikings as soon as my show was shut down. And they said, hey, if you can find a way, you could start a website or a podcast to continue covering us. We'll keep giving you a credential and, and let you cover the team the same way that you used to before with Score North. And, and from that aspect, I was just very, very lucky. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people who lose their jobs don't have another avenue necessarily in what they do um, to be able to immediately jump back into their business. And, and that's really tough. And that's why, you know, when I got phone calls over the weekend and emails, I really appreciate all the people that reached out. But what I always wanted to say was, look, there are a lot of people who are fighting tougher battles than me. And uh, my hope is that just, you know, with a little uh, Vikings coverage and as much as I can, um, that I can help with the distraction. And, and I appreciate the NFL making it a three-hour special. I know that early on in this offseason we question, not necessarily me, but, you know, some of the media question, hey, should you really be going forward with this stuff when there are so many bad things going on in the world? And, you know, the draft was great for all of us to pay attention to and focus on and have some fun and really think about the future uh, with the Vikings. And so I guess that would be that would be my only advice would be, you know, that this will get better. We will get back to a spot where we're going to football games or we're going to baseball games and everything else. And if you keep your focus on that, uh, then we all can get through this together. But I certainly know how difficult it is for many, many people out there. Matthew Collar, purpleinsider.com, Vikings beat writer. We will talk Vikings and the schedule stuff in a moment and uh, and ask you the question 
which is your headline of your latest article in a moment. But Chris Johnson's here. You're, you you say you're not a you're not a book reader, but you're a you're a sports reader, right? Uh, oh yeah, big into it. And you said you know like a lot of people, Royce's one of your favorites. How would you how would you classify Caller? Well, I mean, I think it says all you need to know is that the Vikings called him and said, yes. "Hey, we'd love you to keep yes, who keep does doing that? the the." You know what you've been doing. Obviously, people are paying attention to it. Yeah. Um, I think that's a. I mean, obviously, that had to make you feel pretty good. I would think. No, you're right. And what has really made me feel good is that you know I didn't grow up in Minnesota. I grew up in Buffalo, New York, and I moved here in 2016 to cover the Vikings, just in time for all hell to break loose with Teddy Bridgewater's knee <laughs> and Mike right. Zimmer's eyeball and North Turner leaving the team and everything else. Um, but, you know, from the minute I got here, Minnesotans really embraced me. And they have been so kind and generous to me the entire time. And that goes from, you know, fans who listen to the, the station or read the website all the way up to the top of the Minnesota Vikings organization. And, um, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, I just feel, uh, I hate to sound like one of the athletes when I say this, but feel blessed to have come to this market and, and you know, I think it's very different than a lot of other sports markets that might be more ruthless. So I think this is a market that cares a lot more about people, and they've really shown that with the instant support that I got for Purple Insider. I didn't know if anyone would sign up to read what I was going to write, and uh, over the first couple of days I've gotten way more than I uh, expected for people jumping on board. So you know, I think it says a lot about you know just how people are in the Twin Cities, in Minnesota, your area as well. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that's another thing that will help us get through that is if we continue to help each other, lend a hand as, as much as we can to people who are out of work or people who are, you know, battling difficult situations or, or losing family members or something else. Just take something out of your day to help somebody else because I've, I've felt the, the, the good side of that uh, over the last couple of days. Yeah. Well, again, uh, you, you've certainly earned it. Matthew Collar, PurpleInsider.com, Craig and John. Uh, by the way, since you know, because usually when we have you on, uh, we 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 hold you hostage for usually twenty minutes, and it's all very uh, nuts and bolts. What's going on with the Vikings now? As it's kind of the purpose of having you on. But um, how, since we're having this discussion now, it's been a few years, and you've kind of gotten to feel okay. Upper Midwesterners are very nice. Vikings fans have been very good to you. Sometimes people aren't very nice to the media, especially sports fans. It's short for fanatic for a reason. But how would you? How would you classify the essence of the common Viking fan? I'm sure there's a spectrum, but, man, you, I'm sure, read and hear from a lot of them. Um, what, what's unique or interesting about Vikings fans compared to maybe other places you've experienced? Well, you know, I think that the difference is that when I was in Buffalo, uh, it's a city that had an equal number of sports tragedies, uh, and I use that word in the lightest only sports fashion of, you know, the the Bills had their wide right field goal and they missed the playoffs for 17 straight years. And I think that there was a lot of anger built up in that city and uh, that, you know, our, our sports talk radio station was a, a lot more tense on a daily basis because of that, whereas I think Minnesotans and the Midwesterners take a little more self-deprecating angle. Like, not that these people don't care, but it's, uh, you know, just for example, when Nick Foles, so, you know, he's traded to the Chicago Bears. The first thing Vikings fans say is like, "Okay, well, how's he going to beat us at Soldier Field?" You know, <laughs> that, uh, any 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 player that gets released, okay, we know he's scoring a touchdown the next time he comes. And and, and I've come to really uh, appreciate that way of dealing with it because I, I saw a stat today that 
the Vikings are, I think, seventh all-time in win-loss percentage, like win percentage. And all the other teams in the top ten have a Super Bowl. And so I saw a ton of fans saying, of course we're the only ones in the top ten without a Super Bowl. So I think the, the sense of humor about it, it makes it so it's really fun. Even when we're debating, you know, it, it wasn't Kirk Cousins' fault that they lost the last game or something like that. Um, you know, you don't get that same feel of being in Philadelphia where they might throw a full beer at you or something like that. And, and, and I've come to really appreciate that. Yeah. And plus you've been working around Judd Zolgat, who grew up on it, knows it. And uh, anything that you think is just kind of out of the ordinary and dramatic with the, the Vikings, dumpster fires and uh, Teddy's knee and then Keenum and then not Keenum. And Zimmer says he has a horseshoe and then there's cousins and uh it's just, you know, it's like nothing surprises us anymore. And so in, in that vein, uh, where, where do you think things are headed with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Because the shoe's on the other foot, right, with the dumpster fire thing. And you're, because I, I don't know if we've had you on since the whole, all that happened with the draft. And uh, what do you think is happening with Aaron Rodgers in the next two or three years? A lot of Vikings fans get excited about possibly seeing him in purple. Brett Favre, 2.0, 2.0. Well, first of all, I love the fact that you just say dumpster fires, and everyone who's a Vikings fan would be like, oh, yeah, all those. Like, they could immediately know kind of what you're getting at yeah. just saying that. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, I go back and forth a little bit on it because uh, you know, I think that the Vikings were in a tough spot going into the offseason, and they did about as well as they could have done managing their salary cap situation. I thought they had a tremendous draft. Who knows, you know, they haven't proven anything until they get out there. But in terms of the talent they got, the positions they got, uh, I thought they hit it out of, the, out of the park. And then you have the Packers on the other side having one of the most baffling drafts that I can ever remember. I mean, uh, running back in the second round when Aaron Rodgers needs receivers. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have a huge problem with the philosophy behind drafting another quarterback, but trading up for one who didn't even really stand out statistically at Utah State is a pretty darn risky move to make. Uh, the one thing I would caution is that you know it's still Aaron Rodgers, and I was just poking around for an article that I'm going to be sending out tonight on Purple Insider about uh, you know what Rodgers has done at Lambeau Field over the last few years, and you can't write that in as a win all the time for the Vikings. Not an automatic win as long as he's there. And, and long term, I mean, we know that he's got a massive cap hit. He's older. He's not quite the quarterback he was before. Uh, whether he plays in purple someday, I don't know. I feel like they would trade him to the AFC first, that they would try to yeah. send him to the Jets or something. Would be, you know, all right. Right, and, and Brett Favre had to go somewhere bad. He went to a 4-12 and team. I don't know if that was by design of the Vikings, like this is the best we'll give you, because a lot of people think, oh, he'd love to go to the Chargers because you know, they're kind of in limbo with their quarterback situation. Herbert might not work out. And I think, well, isn't that almost too good of a situation for him? Would they give him what he wants? And then, yes, would, would, would an NFC team be the next year? And would, would it be the Vikings or would it be the Bears? You know, don't do what Brett Favre did. You know, just go across the other border and go to the other rival. Or is Aaron Rodgers the type of personality that would really want to play in Chicago? Yeah, and we don't even know how good Jordan Love is going to be. I mean, they might get him in practice and preseason and everything else and decide, you know what, we've made a big mistake. <laughs> and this guy, this guy isn't really fit for the job. I mean, think about someone like 
Christian Hackenberger or uh, Christian Hackenberg or um, Paxton Lynch, you know, these guys who are giant that have big arms and all that sort of thing. But the, the last time I checked, you know, Drew Brees always leads the league in quarterback rating, and he throws it about 13 miles an hour because it's, and that's not the game, is not throw it as hard as you can. Um, and we see from Josh Allen, some of his struggles as well in Buffalo. And, and maybe Diggs will help him out, but he, the accuracy problems have carried over. So they might see a different you know, Jordan Love than they thought they were drafting, and they might have to stick yeah. with Aaron Rodgers. It might be uncomfortable, but you know, who knows how it's going to play out. I, I, I think that Vikings fans are right to celebrate drama and, and things like that. And when Brett Favre goes on, the Rich Eisen show and says, you know, let uh, you know, Aaron was surprised and sort of insinuates that Rodgers isn't happy. Like you're right to feel good about that as a Viking fan, but I would just always caution. You know, you don't really know how this thing is going to play out, and it could always surprise us. When it comes to all-time great players, sometimes they do have that flash toward the end of the season, and they went 13 and three last year too. So you're still chasing them down. It's like. Don't, don't quite celebrate just yet until we see how this plays out a little bit. Matthew Collar, PurpleInsider.com. It is Craig and John, Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com, your home for the Vikings in Sioux Falls for almost 20 years. Um, I'll ask you, and of course I encourage people to read the article at PurpleInsider.com, but I was intrigued by the headline as I usually am. By, you, you usually have original ideas no one was really thinking about. It's not always the obvious, but it's also kind of like right there. And that is, is the Vikings roster better now than last year? At first blush, without reading, I go, well, that seems asinine because Craig, Craig has been sitting over here for the last two months. They're not going to be any better than eight. They can't go much better than eight and eight, nine and seven. They got half their best Defensive players gutted, and I argue, I go, oh, it was Xavier Rose, one of their best defensive players last year. But he thinks that they're going to have a bunch of new defensive players and look at their opponents, look at the quarterbacks they'll face. Uh, the, the overall answer is like, well, no, their roster is not better than last year. The offense is generally the same. The defense is worse. So uh, in general, answer that question because you really broke it down. I like when Craig's not there how you just took over Craig. Like, <laughs> said, like I'm going to make this argument for him. And that you can hear what Craig would have said yes. had he been there. Uh, yeah, so it's really interesting that um, I don't even know if we fully factored how bad Xavier Rhodes was last year. And he had a, a great career before that. But last year, whether it was injuries or whatever else, miscommunications and so forth, I mean, he was one of the bottom three corners in the league. And, you know, Pro Football Focus has been developing wins above replacement. And one of the things that they've found is that corners – have a massive effect on wins and losses. And so when you have one of the worst in the league, it's a real drag. So even if Jeff Gladney is an average corner next year, even if we don't say, oh, we've got the next Darrell Revis here or something, and he's just decent in his rookie year, that is a huge upgrade. It's an upgrade from going from the worst to average is as big of an upgrade as going from average to elite. So, you know, you, you really plug somebody in who's got a chance to be a massive upgrade there. Uh, and Trey Waynes was very average or below average himself, and I think they can replace him with either Mike Hughes or Holton Hill or a guy that I really like, which is Cameron Dantzler, the guy that they got in the third round. I thought that was maybe their best pick. Um, and now on the offensive side, you lost Diggs, and it's true that there's no replacing Stephon Diggs, and trading him is still a little bit questionable. But when you consider that last year they did as well as they did on offense with Adam Thielen largely out, kind of slide Thielen now into Diggs' role and then you look at what Thielen has supporting him, a rookie who's exciting in Justin Jefferson. Irv Smith, I have very, very high expectations for to take a big step next year. And B.C. Johnson, who was a seventh-round rookie last year, well, now 
he's a developed receiver and he's a pro and we know what he can do. So, uh, you know, I, I think that um, even though Diggs is a big hit to them and even though some of the defensive players were names you knew, um, sometimes weighing the actual impact of those things is different than, you know, what we think it might be because we've seen those guys play and play at a high level in the past, but they didn't really as much last year. I mean, aside from Diggs, but I mean, on the defensive side, Lindball Joseph, Griffin was good, but not elite like he used to be, and Rhodes was downright poor. So you can replace that production uh, and probably Diggs as well. But you mentioned the record. Now that's where it gets tricky because last year they had a pretty easy schedule, and this year I think it's a lot harder. I guess we'll find out exactly tonight. But looking at the opponents, I think it's a lot tougher this year, and they got good health last year for the most part. They got you know good kicking game, and all those little things can factor a couple of wins mixed in there. So I wouldn't guarantee that they hit the over for all the gambling people out there, but I would say the roster has remained very strong from last season. Well, to add on to that, so they, they used their second-round pick for Ezra Cleveland. You know, I think a lot of people want to know, do you think by the end of the season he ends up being the starting left tackle and they kick Reef inside, or do you think he's more of a redshirt developmental guy and people are just excited because it was a name that most fans thought they might take at 25 and they got him at 58? Well, I do think there's reason to be excited about him. I mean, he is one of the best athletes at that position in the entire draft. And really, if you look at historically, uh, one of the best, maybe ever, just pure athletes. That doesn't mean he's going to be, you know, the next Orlando Pace or something, but it means that you have uh, something to really work with there, similar to how they did a right tackle with Brian O'Neill. And we all assumed that Brian O'Neill wasn't going to be ready right away, and he got thrown into the fire after a few weeks. There were some injuries and really did a good job and adjusted quickly because if you're an elite athlete, it gives you a better chance to make up for mistakes. If you're an average athlete, you make a mistake, it's just over. But you can, you know, make adjustments on the offensive line if you are one of the, you know, one of the quickest, one of the fastest and strongest out there. And I think that Ezra Cleveland does have a shot to compete at left tackle. And, you know, last year, really, when you look at where their big problems were with pass protection, it wasn't as much the tackles. It was right over Kirk Cousins. It seemed like, you know, every game there were defensive tackles that were just walking right through Garrett Bradbury and Pat Elfline and Josh Klein. And, you know, moving Riley Reef over, I think he actually does fit as a guard because he's kind of a mauler. You know, he, it's kind of strength on strength. Um, and his feet might not be as, as quick with those edge rushers anymore. But I think inside he might be able to adjust pretty well. But that guard position is still going to be a major question. And in my article, I laid out about five or six different combinations that they could possibly have. And that's one of those determining factors when we talk about roster strength, where you say, I just don't know yet. You know, I just don't know until training camp, until we really see the guy put on some pads, how that's going to look. But I would also say, you know, pro football focus had them as one of the you know, bottom third pass blocking teams. So it's either going to be about the same or it can get better. All right. He's almost said it all. We could do this all day. We know he doesn't want to. The last question I have with the schedule rollout tonight for Matthew Collar, PurpleInsider.com, is uh, you know, we know these AFC-NFC games. That's the, uh, that's the report that makes sense. The NFL, if they have to truncate their season, let's preserve it, all the conference and division games. Um, anything else you know or pre- can predict of what we're going to see with the Vikings schedule and how... For a roster like the Vikings, knowing the teams they're playing, how important is how the schedule lays out for them this year, especially throwing in the X factor of we don't know if fans will be in the stands. We don't know when the season is going to start or what their weather will be in some of these places. 
So funny thing about that is, uh, you know, normally as a journalist, I want as much information as you can ever give me. Yeah. But on schedule, schedule rollout day, I try not to look. You know, like I, I want it to all just come out at once and, yeah. and get it like Christmas. Day. I know that I've seen that they're going to play on Christmas and stuff, but I've tried to, like, look away and let, let me just have this kind of like the draft pick. Do I need to know the draft pick 30 seconds before it happens? Like, not really. That's not yeah. super important to me. Um, but the way it lays out is oh, it always matters. You know, do you have uh, a couple of trips on the road? You know, where, where is Tampa Bay going to be mixed into this whole thing? If yeah. we know that the Saints on the road or at the back end, are you going to have to go to Tampa Bay and then maybe come back home and then go right back to New Orleans? I think that stuff matters. When do you go out to Seattle? Yes. You know, Seattle's always really tough. Uh, that's one of the games that I'm looking forward to. And then how do these AFC South games sprinkle in? You know, are we going to get you know some, some trap games? Like when do you play the Jaguars? Is it between two games that matter and that kind of thing? Um, so I, I love this day, just like the draft. You know, I get really excited about it, and uh, I can't wait for tonight. And just to pub myself a little bit more if I can. Of course. For, on Purple In- if you're if you subscribe to Purple Insider, I'm going to have a key stat for every single uh, game. Right, basically, right after the schedule goes out, I'm going to send that out, and uh, and people can check it out. Well, he's got it all ready. Just, just uh, the colonel. He's got the colonel ready to pop later tonight. <laughs> and uh, p- p- same website for the podcast, purpleinsider.com. Yep, yep. Uh, that'll be announced uh, pretty soon. But yep. that's where the announcement is going to be. Follow him on Twitter at Matthew Collar C O L L E R. If I haven't told you enough, thank you for all these years for uh, helping us talk Vikings on this show. It's been much appreciated. Um, other 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 big hitters up there are more difficult to get a hold of, and you've always been so kind with your time. Absolutely. Well, I've always had a great time talking to you guys, and appreciate any time you bring me on. All right. Matthew Collar, purpleinsider.com. Sports Talk with Craig and John. Uh, Chris Johnson, the University of Sioux Falls men's basketball coach, is in for Craig today. He's a big Vikings fan. He's going to tell us stories about golfing with Patrick Royce and Sid Hartman and who knows who else in uh, 15 or so minutes. But up next, uh, wow, going to play in the ACC in two sports. You don't see two sports, small college athletes anymore. This one's going to do it. In a Power 5 league, uh, Sydney Shetnan, Washington girls basketball player, committed to Louisville. Why Louisville? Why two sports? Uh, and she's really tall, and I think tall people are somewhat fascinating. So uh, we'll, we'll learn you know, what it's like. to. I'll never know. It's uh, Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com. Get the latest local sports news, scores, schedules, and columns from John Gaskins by going to kwsn.com. Also hear the station live and Craig and John segments on demand at kwsn.com.